Welcome to Unapologetically Black Male, where we talk about surviving the stigma, standards, and systems. Listen, this is another uh, great episode that we have a great guest in store for you. I want to thank my co-host in his absence, Brother E.J. Stewart. Um, I'm, my name is Dwayne Pate. I'm the other half, the other host. Um, and we also want to give a shout out to our sponsor, J. Pope and Associates. I mean, if you're in need of any individual um, group counseling, family counseling, please make sure you reach out. Um, because she was the one that kind of gave us the fire to kind of push this out there and get the information so that we can share about other African-American men and how they overcome success. Uh, we have a special guest today, Brother Jan Pinckney, and I'm just going to turn it over to him. He's going to give us a little bit about himself, and then we'll kind of get into the question um, segment of the show. Brother Dwayne, thanks for having me. Thanks for trusting me to enter into your space, man. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, man. Much love, much respect. Um, just Kind of quickly, you know, we, I, I you know, just, uh, I met you, I'll I, I start from the so, uh, social work. You know, mm -hmm. I met the University School of Social Work. Mm -hmm. I stumbled into social work, you know, by mistake. You know, I, I say, well, going there wasn't planned, but I think you know that when you called, you know, when you help people, you know, you, you're really chosen, you know what I mean? That's not a mistake. You know, so I was chosen. I didn't take the path that, you know, I didn't uh, choose it. You know, it chose me and I'm glad I listened to it and followed it, you know. And so I think, uh, you know, the universe orders our footsteps and the universe always responds to our needs. And we mess up when we try to do the opposite. So you know, absolutely, I, I followed that. Um, Kind of quick, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, people look where I am now and I, you know, um, certain things I'm able to accomplish, some certain things I'm able to do. And I say this is a 20 year grind I'm in right now, you know. So I think with any... Uh, you know, sometimes people see, you know, the fruits and they don't understand the process, you know, and so kind of getting to the process, you know, where, where the process really started from, you know, um, this journey of helping people. I was, you know, I'm, I'm flawed, you know, um, I'd had some, you know, uh, issue with the law and, you know, fortunately I was able to, you know, get out of it and make some changes, you know, and my godfather was a, uh, he was, a, he had been a social worker for 30 years. And he was in the process of opening up a foster care program for young men between the ages of 15 and 21. Um, I didn't really have anything going on in direction. And he asked me, he said, well, do you want to, you know, um, you want to come down here and work with me? I said, sure. I said, you know, what else I got to do? You know what I mean? I'm looking for some direction. So fast, you know, he um, he opens a place and, you know, he named it uh, Sarah's house. He named it after his mother, Sarah Wooten. He said she did a great job of raising him and his siblings, so he wanted to honor her. And, you know, this was his retirement. Um, he had encouraged me to go back to school. And I tell you something, you know, strange, you know, I'm with my, you know, my, my children's mother at the time. She was a student at Coppin and she was enrolling in school. And so I took her up there. And so I was staying, you know, I was up there with her. And so I said, well, I'm up here. I might as well enroll in school. They told me, they, I, I asked them, they, they said, well, um, I went to Morgan, this was like 2003. I went to Morgan originally in uh, 1994, 1995. They said, we have to go back there and get your transcripts, blah, blah, blah. Went back there and I said, well, you know what? I might as well just enroll, enroll back in Morgan. Went back to Morgan, started in the School of Social Work and, you know, got my, I was a non-traditional student, you know, wife, children, everything. Got my bachelor's in 2008, master's in 2010. Um, since that time, served as program director, for the foster care agency, um, Sarah's House Inc. Um, until 2017. Um, and during that time, I was working on opening up my community-based program, Sarah's House Mental Health Services. 
Um, we um, where we provide behavioral health services, um, psychiatric rehabilitation, outpatient mental health, and also we provide addictions counseling. Um, and I've been doing that since 2016. I closed the foster care program, the residential program in 2017. And, you know, um, here I am still grinding. We serve about, you know, about 500 clients uh, in Baltimore City and the surrounding counties. And that's where I am right now. That's that's the short of it. Okay, I got you, uh, and I appreciate that history. Can we can we go back to? I know you, uh, you talked about you had to shut down the foster care department. Well, I I, oh. I chose it down. I, I, I okay. I'm sorry, shut it down. Um, I, I tell you, when you work with programs in residential, you mm -hmm. know, you, when when you go home, well, when you go home, it's like people are always calling you and mm -hmm. things and. Just uh, you know, be you know, uh, my godfather had passed and my son passed three days apart in December of 2015. My son passed December 11th, 2015. My godfather passed December 14th, 2015. You know, clearly two people who were significant to me, who I, uh, two people who I love dearly. Um, I had you know, um, I was already working on a community-based program. And so what I decided to do, I said, you know what, I need to, you know, it's okay to shrink your world, you know, so I shrunk my world. And I, I said, let me leave, put some of that stress with the residential program aside and let's focus on the community base. Best thing about working in a community based program is that when I leave the office, the work is at the office. Well, as an owner, I always do it, but just work. If you've ever worked in a residential setting or worked in a, res or a program where you have uh, residents, it's it's a different kind of thing. So yeah, absolutely, I spent I spent a little time at Board of Childcare. Um, actually, while I was getting my uh, master's of social work, I would work there overnight. Mm -hmm. Lead there, go to my internship, then go back to uh, they go to class in the evening. So you know, definitely understand that grind. Mm -hmm. um, and understand that the uh, the 24 hour, 366 days that come mm -hmm. with residential treatment. Yeah, I mean it's all day. So let's so, let's talk. Go ahead. No, no, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Now I was about to say. So, so let's talk a little bit about you know the the mental health program and just kind of like I, and I also want to um, talk a little bit about your mentor, your godfather, um, and then if you can. Um, but I want, I want we'll start with the mental health program and just kind of how is that how is that going for you. What are what are some of the challenges that you faced um, as a black man kind of leading the organization um, and, you know, some of the stigmas that you might face uh, that you might address that they might, you know, that you might hear on a day to day basis when it comes to running the program? Well, I'll, I'll be honest with you, running the program, you know, somehow um, helping people has become a competitive business, you know, and so, you know, um, being in that space and, you know, there's these, you know, talks whenever they're like, you know, um, you know, um, behavioral health is a growing industry and in, in Maryland, in particular, Baltimore City. And so when you look and you see, you know, um, you look the city, I think it's 70, 72 percent black, something like that. And so the majority of the people who we support are African-American. And so uh, a lot of the people who are getting into business look like me and you. And so then there's these talks about, well, are there, you know, I guess a conspiracy to kind of shut the businesses down when people like me and you enter into this space. And so, you know, I don't get into the conspiracy part. I say, you know, we do the work, you know, because I believe in people, you know. And so, you know, divorcing myself from that, um, divorcing myself from that, I guess, that energy of like there's a target of you know, um, our community to shut us down, you know, because I believe that when you do your work and you do it with integrity, you know, clearly there there are some issues with race and uh, some issues with stigmas and things like that. And 
when I'm confronted with it, then I deal with it. You know what I mean? But, you know, when you're working with people, I got to focus on serving first. You know, then when I serve and then, you know, when those other issues come up, you know, and in terms of business, you know, I do things that like, you know, um, a lot of people don't think of. And I had to learn some valuable lessons. You know, um, I have an accountant that I keep, you know, uh, um, that, I, that I pay monthly, you know, that helps me with managing my financial records. I have a lawyer that I recently engaged with, helps me with, uh, you know, reviewing contracts and things like that. All those things that kind of help protect me, you know what I mean, um, as a business owner, because I do understand that some of those stigmas and some of the things that can happen and things like that, like as a small business people, well, I said, you can't be mom and pop in big business at the same time, you know, and so what I want to do is I want to make sure that, you know, I'm protecting myself so that I can stay in business because when you're working with people who are vulnerable, people who are fragile, one of the worst things you can do is jump in and out of their lives because you contribute to those feelings of abandonment, those trip, those feelings of trauma, you know, and so I mean, what are those, those experiences with trauma. And so what I want to do is I got to have, you know, um, uh, longevity and continuity of care. And so that's why I do things the way I do. Absolutely. I think that that's, I think that's a big part of, you know, when anytime that you surround yourself with a good team of people to kind of make sure that, you, that help you stay in place. And I, I, I'm glad you mentioned the part about integrity, um, especially in this mental health field, it's, you know, it can, it can become easy or the lines get blurred a lot um, when it comes to mental health. And especially with so many agencies that we have um, mm -hmm. that are servicing our people, we got to make sure um, that we maintain that integrity to continue to help them get to where they need to be, go at the end of the day. So what, what, uh, what are some of the, uh, like, uh, I know we want to talk a little bit about your mentor. Um, you, I mean, your godfather, um, who kind of, it seems like he played a major role in kind of getting you into this this field, uh, you know. So give us a little bit. Can you give us a little bit of uh, uh, some in, I guess, some enlightenment about the experiences that you had with him that kind of stand out for you? Oh man, I, I, I tell you, man, this this we don't have enough time, and <laughs> I first expressed, you know, like first off, my love for him. You know what I mean? thing I do for, you know, is in the spirit of, you know, the things he taught me, you know, not just in, you know, I was fortunate to have somebody mentor me in business that loved me, you know, if that makes sense, you know what I mean? And, you know, and one of the things he taught me is that, you know, we, he, he would always say like, you know, every decision I make, we're talking about itself, every decision, he's every decision I make is for the business because if the business don't thrive, then, 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 then this don't work, you know what I mean? And, taught me that and that's just as like you know just everything he did you know just for people you know what i mean it's just he started with love he said i'm gonna start with love and if you mess that up that's on you he said i ain't never gonna stop loving people but there's some people i you know i may have to you know change rework my relationship with but he believed in starting with love believed in treating people right and you know doing things you know he was just being righteous and just in the light you know and so um but you know all of those good things that i'm talking about uh feeling he also was a brilliant social worker. You know, um, he understood, you know, service delivery, working with, you know, um, work, you know, working with young people, in particular young men, you know, um, understanding that, like, you know, um, some of those negative stigmas and, you know, um, things that come along with that. And so he was like, you know, I'm not, he wasn't going to allow, you know, um, well, he didn't want to contribute to that. And so he wanted to create spaces to care, nurture, and, you know, um, create, you know, um, you know, create an environment where, you know, when they go out into the world, we're not really releasing them from foster, we weren't really, you know, um, just, uh, you know, just releasing them out in the foster care. They, they were ready to be um, positive contributors to society, 
So, you know, I just learned that from him and he's just, uh, you know, um, and also, you know, like he, he opened up that space, not just to have a foster care program for young people to stay. He also wanted to have uh, jobs, create jobs for people in the community. And so that was two things he, he was juggling with that, you know, so I just learned that, you know, so, you know, in his spirit and that model, you know, I do the same thing, you know, um, I'm, a lot of people I employ live in Baltimore City, um, a good portion of the clients I serve live in Baltimore City, you know, um, um, and so like once again, just in his spirit and that model, you know, that's what I, I follow that. Awesome. Awesome. Now, how, I know you said he passed within three days of your son. Um, uh, can you talk a little bit about that and how how you were able to kind of manage through that? Because I, 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 I can imagine that was a rough season for you. Um, mm -hmm. Um, so what, what kind of help, you know, help you in that process? Well, I, 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 you know, it's funny. I just, uh, you know, the anniversary just passed maybe last week and I really don't acknowledge those days whatsoever in terms mm -hmm. of, I, I don't celebrate, I don't, you know, some people go on social media mm -hmm. today and all that. I said, man, I don't, I just let it go. You know, I celebrate their life. I don't want to celebrate their death, but one of the, like, you know, my son passed, it was sudden. You know, I was not expecting that. You know, when I called um, people to let them know, as a friend of mine, and he's, you know, we still talk about it sometimes. And I called him up. I was crying, and he was saying, "My my godfather's name was Ronnie Wu." I called him up, and I was crying. This was December 11th. He said, "He said, Jan, Ronnie's still alive. Ronnie's still alive." He hung the phone up. He called me back. He said, "Jan, Ronnie's still alive." I said, "No, Siante." I was talking about my son. He said, "Oh my gosh!" So nobody could believe it. So, you know, my uh, my godfather, he was in the hospital and they had just had a talk with me the day before. And they were saying that, like, you know, um, um, his wife was there and some people and they and they asked me to come to the hospital. And they said, you know, they were, you know, he was about ready to transition. You know, um, he was dealing with some, you know, some serious health issues. And so, you know, I was mentally prepared for that. And, you know, but then that right on top of my son was a lot. And I, I'd be perfectly honest with you, my godfather died because my son had um, passed. I didn't cry that day. I cried in February when we had the memorial for my godfather because if I don't, you know, if you, if you look back, there was a lot of snow around that time, and I mean, snow on top of snow on top of snow. So we didn't have a memorial for him until February 2016, and they asked me to read something, and you know, everybody know how how close we were and things, and I just cried my eyes out. And we talking about two and a half months later was my first opportunity to grieve my godfather, you know, and. I appreciate opportunities like this because I keep keep getting to speak his name. It helps me to remember him. You know, I try to do things in his spirit, you know, and, uh, you know, continue on. Absolutely. I thank you for sharing. Um, it takes a level of vulnerability to kind of share, share those type of moments because, you know, it can be difficult um, for us, if, you know, especially if we don't have that, that outlet um, to kind of, and just kind of, you know, have that time to grieve Cause we all, we all need the process. We also, we all need the time. It's, you know, it's no expiration date. We just got to work through it as much as we can. Um, so I definitely appreciate you for sharing that and just kind of thank you for, you know, sharing your story um, and, and sharing, you know, the things that you kind of went through in the process. Now, what are, uh, what are some other things that, you know, you have going on right now with the, the business um, personally, as far as like, any outreach efforts that you you've been uh, doing through your organization or anything like that? Well, I, like right now, I guess for outreach, I said I got some. Uh, I'm working with uh, I, um, when I identify, we identify five families 
cool. We want to help holiday um, through um, gift cards and gifts and things like that. Um, you know, I have, uh, you know, all during the year, you know, it's, it's interesting, like, you know, with Christmas, my children, well, you know, my, my oldest son has passed and my oldest son, my youngest son now, he's 22. And so, you know, that running around for Christmas, things like that, that's kind of over with for me, you know, but you know, I understand that these are significant, you know, this is a significant time of the year and, you know, people are in that given spirit. And so, you know, I like to give all year long. You know, but I do understand that this is a special time in particular for young people. And so I like that if I can help some young people make this a memorable Christmas for them, then, you know, what I can, you know, things I can do, whatever I can do, I, I will. You know, um, I understand that my, my some limits and boundaries I have with that. And, you know, um, I wish I could, you know, solve all the problems in the world, you know, in terms of helping people. And we talk about health and happiness and things like that, but I can't, I can just control my little corner of the world and do the best I can. Um, I actually had an event planned for December 29th, but with the rise in uh, numbers in COVID, I think I'm going to um, pause until spring break, maybe sometime in April. I'm going to do that because of, you know, um, I, I've done it before. There's, there's a, um, you know, a skating ring in Baltimore, uh, Shake and Bake. And yeah. what Three events there before and I say you know I believe in like you know just um well I've had like between two and three hundred individuals come in and I just say you know what like well and I, I target young people target kids and their families and I say you know what for four hours you know Baltimore's a tough spot to live in you know but I say four hours if I can provide a safe space where you can come in have some fun you know um you know get something to eat you know and just have somebody give you know give give without wanting anything in return and if they want to learn about the program or our support services that we offer we there for it you know sometimes I believe you got to do giving you got to do some giving before you can do some asking you know and so Absolutely. and you got to and you have to go engage those communities you know um you have to go to them you know and show them that you care so yeah, that's. I, I was having a conversation with a group of leaders uh, probably Saturday about that whole like if we're going to reach people, like we can't reach them with the goal of trying to get them in a certain location, but we got to reach them with the goal that we are really concerned about them and build relationships. Those relations because relationships is what's going to keep people engaged um, because if they don't have some sort of connection, um, then it has no foundation for that what they can build upon. Uh, so that you know, what what you're what you're saying is really spot on. Um, when serving, when in this helping profession, you know, because most of most of the people that we serve, they 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 know how to read us before we read them. Um, they can tell if we are are genuine, or they can just tell if we there for a paycheck. Um, and then sometimes we got to be make, we have to make sure that we check those um, those feelings and those emotions to make sure that we're serving everybody equally. Um, as you know, according to our code of ethics, you know, we got to make sure we treat everybody, you know, with the same dignity um, and respect for all persons. So uh, that's definitely pivotal um, in this helping profession and then and um, and serving the demographic that we serve. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Is there any 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 other things that, you know, that you feel like that helps you kind of get to where you are that you haven't shared um, already thus far? I, I just think, you know, I, I've been fortunate, you know, in experiences, you know, and, and you know, I, I, I listen to people who, who've done it, you know, before me, um, you know, I, you know, I'll start like I talked about my godfather, you know, my godfather, um, and, I, and I came from, you know, a good family, mom and dad and everybody, they, they you know, they, they definitely, you know, my foundation, and then I'm, you know, 
speaking, you know, um, you know, as far as like professionally, my godfather and him and my father were friends since they were teenagers, you know, I mean, my, my, uncle, my godfather, I would call him my uncle, but he would always talk about he could go hang around my grandparents' house and my father, and my brothers wouldn't even be there. That's how close he was with them. He'd tell me, and I knew you before you were born. But, you know, not just even just with him, like, you know, I li not just with him, but with other people, I listen, you know, and I've been fortunate to be around some great minds and some, you know, um, I just even like look at people at Morgan, uh, you know, um, Dr. Daniels, uh, Dr. Archibald, um, I don't know if you remember, Dr. Washington. Um, yep. Professor Dr. Alex Washington, right? Yes, sir. Yep. Yep, um, I remember him. Yep, Dr. Claudia Thomas, um, Dr. Um, Rhonda Wilbon, you know, mm -hmm. um, around some brilliant people and I take a little bit from each one of them you know what I mean and you know also some of my own personal experiences and you know I try to you know sometimes I see some things like you know like you know I've made plenty of mistakes you know and my way don't work you know what I mean and so I I, I trust in the higher power however people choose to you know worship however people choose to uh, you know, with, with, with name they choose to give, I just believe there's stuff greater than this. And so um, I believe in that, you know, like, you know, the universe, you know, I, I had to listen to a, um, actually Dr. Archibald, he taught me this. He said, you know, the universe will always respond to your needs. And he said, when you start trying to take things, you know, you just trying to control things, then that's when you mess up. You know what I mean? But he said, you pay attention, the universe will always respond to your needs. And so, you know, I just kind of, you know, I've, I've been fortunate, you know, that's, uh, that's what I can say. Those are, you know, my, my experiences, you know, I've been divorced, I lost a son, I've lost, you know, um, friends and family to violence, you know, I've, um, you know, I, I've, I'm flawed, I'm imperfect, I've, I've been through some things, you know, and so, um, you know, I was, you know, we all experience things, my story is not significant, my, my story is not like this exclusive thing that's, you know, has only happened to me, but um, you know, same thing that happens to me happens to a lot of different people, but what separates us is our ability to recover. So I try to use my ability to recover and see not only just to help myself, but what I can do to help others. Absolutely. Uh, what are some, um, and I think this is big for us as men, what are some self-care strategies or things that you have in place to kind of help you stay, you know, with managing a business and, you know, personal like you got to have some sort of balance and set some boundaries. So like, what are some things that you have in place or that you're trying to put in place? Well, I, I'll start with one thing. And I think me and you got this in common. I, I love going to the gym. Oh yeah, absolutely. Out <laughs> about, I think cosmetically, I don't have the time to work out the way I want to, to look the way I want to, but just being sometimes like I have one of my friends work out together often, but even sometimes just going by myself. It's not about so much the work, but it's about that um, uh, that that being able to be by myself, that solitude where it's just me and my music and whatever workout I want to do. That that's that's self care. Not even so much about the actual workout, but just the time to be able to think. You know, um, you know, every now and then I, I keep a book in the car. So if I go somewhere and I'm waiting to, and I'm waiting to go somewhere, I keep a book in the car just to keep my mind active. Uh, um, you know, um, self-care, like my wife tells me, she said, you the self-care king, because I get my hair cut probably twice a week, because I got my me, but whatever, and it's these great hairs I got to pop up here, you know, I go get, uh, you know, I, I believe in, you know, manicures, pedicures, massages, those kind of things. Uh, I'm pretty good with that kind of stuff. Um, what I need to do is stop, you know, um, you know, um, I'm too accessible. 
that's what I'm doing, like, you know, between like, you know, work and family and friends and things like, and I give everybody everything uh, of me, you know, and so when, you know, um, you know, that, that, that can be a good thing and it can be a little challenging, you know, and so, um, you know, sometimes my wife tells me, she's like, well, stop answering the phone. But to me, you know, like right now, if you call me tonight, you know what I mean? One o'clock in the morning, I'm like, Jay, I need to talk. I'm gonna wake up like, yeah, yeah, I was up. I was up, you know what I mean? <laughs> right. Yeah, you know what I mean? And I want you to know that like, you know, I'm there for you if you want to talk about something. And I got to get better with that. And I probably need to get better with taking vacations. You know, yeah. there's this thing that I, I learned about recently, you know, we call it like John Henry's, you know, and we believe that we are, um, you know, that like, you know, our, our value is based on how hard we work. And then we have to outwork ourselves, you know? And so just learning like, you know, how to balance that stress, you know, how it impacts, you know, our physical health, like when we put that stress on us and things like that. And so I'm learning that, you know, um, like trying to divorce myself from certain things. I'm close, I'm about to be 46 soon, right? I'm working very hard to be able to sit down and do nothing by the time I'm 55. You know, people can't envision that. They were like, why you wanna, you know I mean? If I can do it early, I will. You know what I mean? I got some things going on in real estate, you know, some things going on in my own business. Uh, you know, I don't have to, I, I'm not a flashy guy. I heard my wife talking to somebody the other day. She was talking, they were talking about Christmas presents, right? My wife says, uh, uh, she told somebody, she said, well, I had to buy, uh, I had to let him know what I bought him for Christmas because he was ready to buy it for himself. And she said, Dan is a man that gets everything he wants, but he don't want much anyway. You're right. I'm still, I'm okay. You know what I mean? I, you know, I got everything I want. I want to get out of out of this business and with life, you know, you know, I got, you know, um, I, I'm okay with that. So what I want to do is I want to be able to help people and put myself in a position where I can divorce myself from some stress and, you know, and, you know live a long, health, healthy life. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm with you on the, uh, the build, build, build everything, like build the business up to the point where you ain't got to be there every day. Um, <laughs> I keep telling, I keep telling my people like, listen, by 45, I want to be able to, like, if I wake up today and say, all right, I don't have to go to work if I don't want to. Um, you know, it's, like, it's all about having those options. So, yeah, I'm definitely with you with you on that. And just kind of that, that self-actualization, just kind of putting things out there, like writing it down, you know, and creating that vision that I want for myself um, and for my family. Because what that does is just kind of give me time to, to pour back into my family um, that I might not have as well. So definitely, uh, definitely want to appreciate you. I, I'm thankful that you, you do have some self-care and you, you, you do it pretty regularly. So, you know, I applaud you for that. <laughs> I, I do those things because if I didn't, what, what it does is it gives me an opportunity to sit down and allow somebody to take care of me. You know, you know, that, that I, I had, I had to find what I liked and then, and to be honest with you, I'm about, like I said, I'm about to be 46. I'm still trying to find what I like. You know, I'm still learning. I, I've, I've said it a few times and it's, I'm a flawed individual, you know, so I'm still finding out what I like and, you know, what I want to do and what I, what I, you know, because I've experienced losses, you know, um, my son, my godfather, my mother passed away in July, this past July. I, you know, you know, I'm in touch with my own mortality. I understand what it is, you know, and so I want to be able to be, you know, like, you know, what can I do to kind of extend this life and get the most out of this shell? that I've been granted, you know? And, you know, like while I'm trying to govern this shelf, I'm also doing some things for my spirit, you know? I don't want to poison that part of, it, of myself either. So that's why the work I do working with people and trying to, you know, um, 
you know, it's so important to me, but I also got to remember to take care of myself because if I don't take care of myself, then I can't help nobody else. Absolutely. That's, and that's one of the most important lessons that I'm learning um, that you got to invest in yourself um, because if you don't, nobody else will. And you'll just kind of be standing there empty after pouring out for everybody else. Um, so that's definitely uh, a lesson that I'll take from this and just kind of something that I'll continue to work on. Um, so thank you for that. I appreciate it. Um, is it so I usually like to um, like is it if there's a, a somebody, a young man, a man who's between the ages of 18, and 45, who's really listening to this podcast and they're trying to figure out like what are some things, what are like a couple uh, some uh, quick things that you would kind of encourage them to do in this moment if they're listening to it right now? Well, uh, you know, understand it's going to be a process. Mm -hmm. you know, sometimes when they see people of affluence or see people that, you know, have arrived, you know, um, you know, understand like, you know, it, it, it took a while, you know, to get there, you know. And so, you know, when people come to me, I can't tell you the easy way because I didn't take the easy way, you know, but I, don't, I honestly don't. But what I can do is I can tell you what it looks like. I can give you some guidance through that, you know, and, you know, some things that I fumble through, maybe I can help you, you know, skip some mistakes or manage your way through some of those steps. But I can't tell you, the, I, I can't tell you the easy way. So, you know, prepare yourself for the process. You know, other thing I can tell you, is, you know, bet on yourself. You know, if you bet on yourself, you never lose, you know what I mean? And, you know, that's, you know, and I just believe, I just believe in that, you know. So, you know, just invest, you know, be, be prepared for the process and bet on yourself. Those are the two things that I can always think of. Absolutely. Absolutely. So once again, I want to thank you for uh, joining me on this podcast. Thank you for sharing your story. Thank you for sharing about your business and all the, all the great efforts that you have going on out there. Um, you know, I truly appreciate you taking time out of your schedule um, to be on this podcast um, and just kind of share. Um, your story. Um, if, if anybody wanted to get in contact with you and your agency, what's the best way to do that? Um, they can email. We have a, a website, um, uh, Sarah's House, S-A-R-A-H-S, uh, M, uh, M as in Michael, H as in Harry, S as in Sam.com, Sarah's House, MHS.com. Uh, you can send a message through the website. Um, you can email directly, email me um, directly, info at Sarah's House mhs.com um those are the best ways you know let you know uh let them know let me know that you uh, saw me on the podcast and uh you know i reach out and i tell anybody that says you know they were referred or they was directed or you know you know you you know you to go between you know the kind of respect and you know admiration i have for you you know that that's 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 gonna be easy and i did this and people need to know is that you know like you know we, we got equity in this. It's not because you know, I just want to sit around and talk and do a podcast. You know, you're a great guy, great human being. And I love the work that you're doing and you continue to do. And like, you know, not just when people are looking, but when they're not looking, you know, and so because the kind of respect I got for you, you know, I mean, you know, this is the kind of thing where, you know, we don't see each other every day, don't talk to each other often. But, you know, I, you know, I, I just got like I just got that kind of feeling and trust and respect in, in you and for you and uh you know, big love, much respect all day, every day. Appreciate that. Thank you so much uh, for that. And I want to thank you all for joining us for this podcast of Unapologetically Black Male, where we talk about surviving the stigma, standards, and systems. Make sure you follow us on all social media outlets, subscribe to our YouTube channel. So make sure that you continue to get this content, this information that we're, you know, out here to celebrate African-American men and their success stories and hear their stories and how they manage everything that they have going on. So once again, thank you again 
for joining us and I look forward to seeing you next week. Y'all have a great, great day.